Welcome to Passion Life Church. And today we are concluding this amazing series called The Spirit-Led Life. And I want to say thank you. You know, I love when I'm preaching and, and we're going throughout a series and I hear testimonies that people will actually text me and say, man, today really helped me. Because you know what? That tells me that we're hitting on target. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Give them a great round of applause. Um, they've done such a great job today. Come on, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. The goal of this whole series has been that you and I would cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. That you would share with him the things that are going on in your life. You know, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is doing something all across the world. And I'm going to tell you why. Some of the, my favorite preachers right now that I listen to, guess what they're talking about? They're talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was just amazed because I'm listening and I'm like, wow, Holy Spirit, you're doing something across the world where you want people to recognize who you are. And I want us to cultivate that in our lives. I want us to be able to, to know him as our best friends because my church family, he really does want to lead us and guide us. Can I hear a good amen? If you would, I want to ask our sound technician, if you guys would turn me down just a little bit, please. And I'll put the microphone a little closer to my mouth, but if, if you'll turn me down, it will help because up here I'm, I'm blasting. And I, it's, it's funny because I really don't like to hear the sound of my own, own voice. But thanks. If you can turn me down a little bit, I, I would appreciate it. But here's the reality. You know, the Holy Spirit really does want to lead us and he wants to guide us. Now, for, because, you know, we live in a world right now where so many things are driving our lives. How many of you know I am so thankful that school is out? Because maybe for some of us, your kids, schoolwork was driving your life. Can I hear a good amen from the parents? All right. Some of you want to get back in school real quick, but you know what? I've realized when my child is out of school, I am out of school. I feel like I've been in the fifth grade for this last year. (laughs) Come on somebody, right? But schoolwork can drive our lives. And for other people, it can be work that drives our life. And maybe for other people, people, it's something much deeper, you know, anxiety drives their life. You know, maybe it could be resentment or, or guilt, or even for some, you know, it's, it's regret that drives our life because all of us are are driven by something. But you know what? When we're driven by the wrong things, what happens is we can end up in the wrong direction. We can end up going in the wrong direction and end up in the wrong destination. And I think that's sometimes why we get stuck or we feel like we're just at a dead end because we're being driven by the wrong things. Now, I want you to hear me this morning, my church family. Are you ready? You may be surprised when I say, this. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to drive your life. He wants to lead your life. Now, don't get me wrong. He wants to consume our lives. He wants to fill our lives. But some of us have this idea of the Holy Spirit driving us like with a whip and just going, right? That he wants to just drive our lives. You know what? He doesn't want to drive your life. He wants to lead you by your own permission. He wants to lead you. I love what Romans chapter eight, verse 14, it says this, many as are led, right, by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Psalms 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does he do? He, come on, what does he do? 
He leads me. It's not up on the screen yet. That's all right. He leads me. He leads me, not drives me. He leads me. I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. And here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. Our God, who knows everything and sees everything, he wants to lead you into what he has for you. He sees the future. How many of you know God is already in the future? He already knows. He's the beginning and he is the end, the Bible says. And here's the reality. He's in the future and he wants to lead you to God's purposes. And I'm just going to testify today. No one can lead our lives better than the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear a good amen today? Now, here's the truth. The truth is that God will lead you and guide you, but God won't choose for you. You have to choose him. And as we sang today, but when we allow him to lead our lives, when we say, yes, Lord, oh, Jesus, come inside. Holy Spirit, work in my life. Here's what he does. He begins to do an inner work in you because you can't change yourself. How many of us have tried to change ourselves? But you can't change yourself without the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's what happens. He begins to do an inner work in you. And here's what he'll, he'll start leading you to truth, things about yourself that need to change. And you know what? He'll start working weaknesses out. How many of you are not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be? Let, let me see your hand. You know, God, Holy Spirit. Look at all these hands. Come on, type it in the chat. And here's what he will do. He will work out your weakness. All is you have to do is yield and surrender and say, God, work in me. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to work out everything in your life that is hindering you from becoming who God wants you to be. Can I just give you just a, a, a real quick something you can tweet on Twitter? Here's the interesting thing that I have found. I am becoming the person I've always wanted to be by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me. I'm finding out that when he's working in me, I'm like, man, I like this because I, I, I realize I was weak in this area. I'm no longer weak in this area. Thank you, Jesus. And he will will, and he will do his work in me. Anybody else realize that? And one of the things that the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to, if you allow him to, he's going to lead you to freedom. He's going to lead you to freedom. Now, listen, when I am free, here's the cool thing. When I'm free, I don't have to be driven anymore. I can actually be led. Let me say that again. So when I'm truly free and the Holy Spirit begins to work in me, I don't have to be driven by anxiety anymore. I can actually be and choose what I want to be led by. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, because some people, uh, when you're driven, it's almost like, I know people who, uh, you know, they, they smoke or they have these addictions and it literally, they've allowed it to drive their life. Well, when you're free, you can say no. And you can say, actually, Holy Spirit, I want you to to lead me. And here's the cool thing is that you're actually free to follow what you want to follow and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me. I want you to work in my life. And I want you to follow. I want to follow. And where is he going to lead you? Here's the, here's where the Holy Spirit, here's the end all. He's leading you, my church family. So your life looks more like Jesus. Here's the goal. Look at this. Here's the goal. God, the father, would make you more like God the Son through the person of the Holy Spirit. Man, 
And that's good. You need to take a picture of that screenshot or write that down. This is the goal that God the Father, right, is going to make you more like God the Son through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Trinity does. When Jesus was on the earth, he was always pointing to the Father. When the Holy Spirit was released, he said, I and my goal is to point to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus and Jesus is pointing to the Father. Can I hear a good amen today? And so the Holy Spirit, here's what he's done. And I thank you for allowing me to just review for just a little bit. He works in you. Now, why does he work in you? Well, he works in you for you, but he also works in you so he can work through you. He doesn't work through you first. He works in you first because God wants to use your life for great things. My church family, you are anointed. Can you say that with me? Can you say, I am anointed. I'm anointed to do great things. Come on, say that with me. Say, I can make a difference. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to work through you. And so what he does is the Holy Spirit brings gifts. He's got gifts that um, we're going to just read right now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And so he wants us to open these gifts. So many people have unopened gifts and unused gifts. And gifts are for us to receive. So the Holy Spirit has gifts that he gives us access to. And we've been going through, as we've ended this series, the gifts of the Spirit. And so let's look at them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Hopefully you found it. If you haven't found it yet, I would just say, look on the screen here. It says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Say that with me. Say every man. Say every woman to profit with all. For to one is given the spirit of wisdom and to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles and to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the same spirit dividing to every man uh, severally uh, as he will. So the Holy Spirit decides how these are used when they are used, but we are open to it and it's given to every man. Now I want to say this again. I said this in this series, but I want to make it clear. You don't have to be clergy. You don't have to be a priest. You don't have to be a pastor to see these gifts used in your life. It just says every man, every woman, you just have to be a believer and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Do I have any believers here this morning? Come on. Do I have any believers? Come on. If you're a believer, write that in the chat. So let's go through the last four today, right? Here's a gift that the Holy Spirit gives us, the gift of prophecy. My church family, it's a gift to you. Receive it. Come on, say this with me. Say, I receive it. Let me tell you what prophecy means. Prophecy means divine inspiration, speaking forth the mind and counsel of God, especially concerning future events. Now, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit we've read is that he shows us things to come. He shows us things to come. I love this gift. I love the gift of prophecy. I've experienced it so many times in my life because not only can this gift help change your life, it can help change the life of other people. I'll never forget as a, as a young man, I was probably about maybe, uh, maybe 20, 24 or so. And uh, my parents had gone through a divorce and I was really close with my mom. Wasn't too close with my dad, but I was close with my mom. And we went to this revival service. My friend invited me to at his church. And I said, cool, man, I, I just want more of God. I want to know him. And so I went to this revival service and this 
minister was up there and I was sitting just like you were just sitting there. I just expecting God to do something. Are you expecting God to do something today? Or did you just come to another church service? And so I was just expecting God to do something, but you know, I was just sitting there and as the person was preaching, all of a sudden they just stopped and they looked at me and, and, I, and, and they just stopped the whole service and they said, I just want to tell you something, sir. And they asked me to stand up. They said, God has a healing ministry for you. God is going to use you in a healing ministry. And I was like, okay, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't, that's not something I desired or whatever. And then another time, as I was youth pastoring at our old church, we have a good friend. His name's Tim Story. He, he's a life coach to many of the celebrities out in L.A. and powerful man of God. And one time he was at our church, moves in the gifts. And uh, he said, he told our pastor, I want to pray for Phil. Where, where's your youth pastor? So I went up in the green room. He grabbed my hand and he said, there's a healing ministry in your life. God, there's healing in your life and God wants to use you. <laughs> to, uh, to bring healing. Just just real quick, real quick. My brother and I actually, my brother called me one day and he said, Hey, there's a coworker of mine. His wife is, is is dying of cancer and I'm going to go just bless her and, and, and pray for their family. You want to come with me? And I said, sure, let's go pray for some people. Come on, somebody. And so we flew out to San, San Francisco, and I'll never forget the man. They're not Christian people. And my brother started praying, and as we started, uh, he started playing the guitar. And this guy, we, I started praying, and he walked up to my brother, and he goes, you know, in, in his words, because he's not a Christian, he said, your brother has like a, Christ, a, a healing aura energy about him. And I thought that was interesting that even a guy who doesn't know Jesus could, could, could feel that. But what does that mean? Healing ministry. All I knew was what I saw on TV. Come on, somebody. All I, what does that mean? I look, I turn on the TV and I would see TV evangelists throwing their jackets at people. And I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Take off my jacket and just throw it at people. That, that's the only thing that I could understand. And the reality is I'm not making fun today, but I want you to understand you go, Pastor Phil, that's weird. Well, let me just tell you, when you look in the Bible, you see some very weird things. The Bible says that when Peter was walking through the road, people would come out and they would bring people who were sick and people who were demon possessed and Peter's shadow healed him. He didn't even touch them, but the very shadow of Peter, they got healed. The Bible talks about that Paul, if Paul touched an apron or he had a handkerchief and somebody got that handkerchief and they touched that handkerchief, immediately they became healed. Demon-possessed people who touched Paul's apron or handkerchief were immediately healed. Can I tell you, my church family has nothing to do with Peter's shadow. It has nothing to do with a handkerchief. It has nothing to do with um, an apron. It has everything to do where people place their faith. Let Let me give you an example. You know, the woman with an issue of blood. For 12 years, she could not be healed. She went to different doctors. She spent all her money. And then she saw Jesus. And can I just tell you, for those of you that have never had a kind of sickness where you are, man, you're battling for your life. I felt like I've been there a couple of times this last year. You get desperate. Come on, somebody. You get desperate to want to live. You get desperate for healing. And so what she did is when she saw Jesus, she burst through the crowd. She broke every barrier. And she said to herself, listen to this. She said, if I can just 
just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she kept saying that to herself. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. If I can just touch it, she's breaking through the crowd. And then she touched the hem of his garment. My church family, was it about the hem of his garment? Was it about touching the hem of his garment? No, because tons of people were touching Jesus that day. What was it? It was about where she placed her faith. And I want to ask you, where are you placing your faith today? But I'll tell you what, this gift of prophecy is so miraculous. That's why you're going to notice at our church, there's always an emphasis on healing in our messages. We're always praying for people that want to be healed. Notice I say want to be healed because I've talked to people that they don't believe God wants to heal them. I've talked to people who just, they don't want, they want to admit that they need a miracle, but you know what? We're going to pray for people. And here's what I love about this gift of prophecy. Come on. Are you learning something already? Right? Here's what I love about this gift of prophecy. Are you ready? The Bible says that this gift can even touch non-believers, people who don't even believe. Look at first Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24. It says, but if all prophesied, notice again, it's all, it doesn't say just pastors. It doesn't say just evangelists, right? Or just people who hold the office of a prophet. It says, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all and he is convinced by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. So when someone is giving a prophetic word, the Bible is telling us that even a non-believer, when they see this and they see that their heart can be be revealed and God knows what's in their heart by somebody prophesying, guess what their response is? God is real. Let's worship God. That's a non-believer. Can I hear a good amen? And so this gift, the Holy Spirit wants to use. Now we have to understand my church family, that this is the way God's kingdom comes to earth. God's kingdom comes to earth through God's people. Who? I want to say that again. God's kingdom comes to earth through God's people. You know how the kingdom of God is going to come to your family? Through you. You know how the kingdom of God is going to come to your job? Through you. Come on, say through me. Come on, say through me. And what I love about this gift of prophecy is it actually entails you listening to the Holy Spirit. Taking a moment, listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, I was having a conversation with my son as we were walking, we kind of walk three times a week and just get out. And uh, he, every day, takes about an hour of his time. And we ask him to do this. He has quiet time. It's a time that we ask him to sit with his Bible. He's got this cool, it's called the Action Bible. Can I just encourage you, parents, um, get a, a Bible that your kids can read, even if it's not, you know, don't have your kids at, at, at 10 years old reading the King James right now, okay? Listen, uh, have them read something they can understand. That's what's so important. And so he takes a moment. We shut off all the video games. We just take a time. He reads the Bible. And then this is what we ask him to do. After you read the Bible, I want you to take a couple moments. He's got a little journal and just write down whatever you got from that. And sometimes we say, you can draw a picture. My my son is very artistic. He can draw. Man, I just, for all of you that are artistic, holy Lord Jesus, lay hands on me, please. I can't even draw a straight line. Anyway, so and so he'll draw these things. And, and so we were talking about how when we pray, it's so important to listen. And I told him, son, can you just imagine if when we're talking, I just keep talking and talking and talking and, and I don't ever listen to what you have to say. 
I said, so many people do that in prayer. Oh, Jesus, help me. Oh, Jesus, I need this. Oh, Jesus, I do that. Oh, Jesus. Okay, see you later. And you know what? God listens to our cry, but he also wants you to listen to his heart. Can I hear a good amen today? And so if we're going to flow in this gift that God has for us, listen, we've got to listen to him. And if we're going to listen to him, then that means we're going to have to take a moment and take our eyes off ourselves. And I want to encourage you when you pray, take a couple moments and just sit before the Lord. And just, and you may not hear anything. And it may be the weirdest thing, especially in today's world where silence is just weird. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's it just, and you have to train yourself, Jesus. And I was telling my son, talk to him, but then take a couple moments, Gavin, And just listen to what the Lord may have to tell you because it's so amazing. And so here's the focus of prophecy. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse three says this, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Everybody say that with me. Say edification. Come on, say it loud. Edification, exhortation, and comfort to man. So I want to ask you a question, my church family. In our conversation, what would change if we brought the Holy Spirit into every conversation we had every day? What would change about our conversation if we brought the Holy Spirit into it every day? Now, I want to, and I've told you this throughout this series. My job as the pastor is to take the cookies from the top shelf, right? And then bring them to the, down to the, the lowest shelf so everybody can have some. And let me just say, there are some good cookies because we just found out there are gluten-free Oreo cookies. Thank you, Jesus, God. You heard my prayer. Oftentimes when we think about prophecy, we think that it's just so out of the norm and it's weird. And let let me just tell you, it's not weird. It's the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you some things today. Here's what I do when I'm having some conversations with people. Here's three questions that I ask myself. And you can write these down, take pictures of the screen. But I think it helps me because it helps me to allow the Holy Spirit to really start to move in the conversation. Here's the first one you can ask yourself when you're talking with somebody. What can I say that will help them to keep going? This right here is edification. What can I say in this conversation to this person that could help them to keep going? I'll never forget. I had to put myself through Bible college. I didn't come from a, you know, a wealthy family. I mean, man, we, we struggled a lot with finances. My dad was a pastor. And uh, so when we, right through, my parents went through a divorce, I went to Bible college. I didn't have any money. I, mean, I had 700 bucks in my pocket that, um, that we had just accumulated and I worked. And I, was, I had my first payment to Bible college. And I said, after this, God, I'm taking, step, taking a step of faith here. And so I struggled through Bible college. I worked sometimes till three o'clock in the morning, had class at eight o'clock. I was a valet driver at some of the places there in Dallas, Texas. And I'll tell you what, man, it was tough. And I'll never forget. There was a day that I was struggling and I just didn't know I was going to, to, I felt like I was going to quit, but you know what? I'll never forget. I was, I was walking. I was just walking on the campus, going back to my dorm room. All of a sudden, a guy that never seen before, didn't know I was just walking and he was walking this way and he stopped and he said this to me. He said, I just want to tell you this. You're going to make it. And then he just kept walking. That's it. And you know what that did, my church family? That helped me kept going. And you know what? Thank God I made it. Come on, somebody. I made it. 
Now, can I just tell you what he didn't do? Okay, this is what he didn't do. When he walked up to me, he didn't go, the Lord said, I got a word for you. Oh, I got to tell you, can you stop for a moment? Oh, no, he didn't do that. He wasn't weird. Because I think that sometimes we think that's how it's going to happen, that all of a sudden, if the Lord is going to use us, that all of a sudden we're going to like start shaking. I got a word for you. Let me tell you, if you did that to me, I'd, I'd be out. doesn't have to be weird. And can I just ask you a question? I wonder how many people today are thinking about quitting. I wonder how many people today are thinking about throwing in the towel in this season of life. I wonder, do you know how many? See, here's the reality. We don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. And can, can I just say, it's not obvious, especially here in California. I was telling people where we used to live in Texas, we lived on a border town, so you could kind of see the poverty. You could see people struggle. Here in California, people are driving Mercedes, but they're going through bankruptcy. People living in houses, but you know what? They're beautiful houses, but they're ending their life. And can I just say, it's not so obvious to, to see, and we don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows, and he can speak a word through you that can help them keep going. Can I hear a good amen today? And it was as simple as you're going to make it. And can I just tell you, Passion Life Church, you are going to make it. God is going to come through. Whatever you're believing for this morning, I just want to speak prophetically. God will provide. God will heal in Jesus' name. Come on. I think we should just take a praise break for a moment and give him a praise in advance. Come on, somebody, for what he's about to do in our lives today. Come on, he has the house you need. I said, he's got the house you need. Well, you just don't understand the market, Pastor Phil. The market is just, but he has the house you need right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, let me speak into your life. Let's speak the word of God. But this is, I got to ask myself these questions. What can I say in this conversation that's going to help this person keep going? That's edification. Here's the second question we can ask ourselves. I like to ask myself this question. What has God spoken to them that I can confirm? What has God spoken to them? that I can confirm. You know, it's interesting. Last week, there was a couple uh, that was here and, uh, and they came down and we were just praying for people because we were talking about healing miracles, right? Uh, last week. And, and so we said, if you need a miracle, we talked about faith, come down and we were praying for people. And so I was just praying over them and this young gentleman, I just felt like the Lord was telling me to tell him the ceiling that you've allowed to be over your lives. How many of you know sometimes people can say things and do things that create a ceiling for our lives and it kind of creates limitations for us. And I just felt like this week there was a breakthrough coming that the ceiling that has been over your life, people's low expectations of you will not succeed, that there is going to be, break. anybody believe that today? See, I feel like that's a word right, right now. And I was just speaking to him. Him. And then all of a sudden I just said, and you're not here by coincidence. And that's kind of funny because, you know, that's really cliche. But how many of you know God can use our cliches because the cliches are, are best, are really good. And I said, you know, you're not here by coincidence. And you know what's funny is that afterwards in the lobby I was talking with them. And they said, you know, when you said that, that we weren't here by coincidence, it's so funny. We were actually headed to another church, but we we just realized that we were late. And then your website just popped up. Thank you, Jesus, for Holy Ghost Google. Come on, somebody. And so they said, we realize that your service is starting right now. So we came here. I said, that's no coincidence. Come on, somebody. What am I telling you? I just told them it's no coincidence that you are here and it confirmed what they already knew in their heart. It's a prophetic word. 
So ask yourself, man, what could I say that can confirm what God's already doing in their heart? And let me tell you what confirmation does. Confirmation breeds confidence in people. Write that in the chat today. Confidence brings uh, uh, confirmation brings confidence in their life. Hey, sometimes it's just good to know that I'm doing what God has called me to do. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? Here's number three. Are you learning something? Very simple. Ask yourself this third question. What pain have they experienced that God wants to heal? I really believe everybody's fighting some type of battle. And this is the exhortation part. The What has God spoken to them? What can I confirm? That is encouragement. That's exhortation. But this, this is comfort, the comfort part. What pain does God want to heal in their life? And can I just stop for just a moment? How about we just declare here at Passion Life Church that this is going to be a faith-free zone, that here at Passion Life Church, this is going to be a cancer-free zone, an anxiety-free zone, come on, a depression-free zone, that when people walk in, they're going to feel the presence of God, that they're going to have a joy. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, put your hands together, that when they come in here, they're going to sense something different, and they're going to say, man, God is in this place. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is in this place. But many people are having pain, not just physically, relationally, people are having pain. And so I'll never forget a couple of years ago or way back. It was probably maybe about 15 years ago or so. um, I was hanging out with a friend and his cousin was there and he said, hey, Phil, my cousin really wants to talk to you. He likes you, thinks you're you're a cool guy. And and I thought, well, thank you so, so much. I I really, really appreciate it appreciate that he would think that. And so he was there. And so we went off to his, kind of to another room. He was a real young guy, had his head shaved, kind of almost kind of like a mohawk, had both of his ears pierced. And as we got into the conversation, he told me he was living with his girlfriend and that um, he had just run away from God. And, and, uh, and I said, you know, what happened, man? What, what, you know, he said, I was brought up in church. And, uh, and he said, well, I just got to, I just, I don't want to go to church. I hate the church. And all right, so tell me what, what happened. Come on, let's just be honest with, uh, and he just looks so mad. And, and uh, man, I'll just tell you what, there's sometimes people have hidden bitterness, but sometimes it's really obvious. You can see it in the way that they're, they're, they're demeanor. And man, this guy, I would say was the epitome of bitterness. And so as I was talking to him, he says, yeah, the reality of it is I was at church one day and I saw an abusive situation and, uh, and that just turned me off. And I said, hey, I understand. Listen, you shouldn't have seen that. But can I just tell you something, my church family? Did you know that church is made up of broken people? That the church is not a museum for the perfect? Let me try this side. The church is for broken people. It's not a museum for perfect people. Well, I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, you can keep looking because the moment you walk in, it becomes imperfect. Hallelujah. Come on, preach it, Pastor. Because we're all imperfect. And listen, I'm not excusing what he saw or the behavior, but I'm just saying, man, there's a bunch of imperfect people. And so to make a long story even longer, no, I'm kidding. To make a long story even, to make a long story shorter, we begin to talk and I begin to encourage him and I begin to talk about forgiveness and we begin to pray. And he says, I can't forgive. There's no way I can do that. I won't do that. And I talked about how God could help him and empower him to do it. And it's the only way to freedom. If you walk out here, you're going to continue to live the same way. And so we begin to pray and I'll never forget 
as we prayed. And I usually, on these kind of situations, I'll ask a person to say the person's name out loud. Lord, I forgive so-and-so. And I'll never forget, it was probably one of the most interesting prayers that I've ever had with a person. We were holding hands. And as he began to say that, Lord, I forgive, he started to just like shake. I've never seen something like this before. And he just, he couldn't say that person's name. And I'm just praying in the spirit over him, you know, and he's just like, and finally he said it and it broke. And man, you could just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit over his life. And he said to me, he's like, man, I feel so different. I feel like a weight has been just taken off my shoulders. And you know what? I spoke life over him. I spoke future over him, what God had put in my heart. My church family, not only today is he back in church, but he's actually a pastor in San Antonio, Texas. Isn't that pretty amazing? Come on, give the Lord a good round of applause. But the truth was in our conversation, guess what? He had a hurt that had not been healed. He had a hurt that had not been healed. Now, let me just say this. As we talk about edification, encouragement, comfort over other people, I want to ask you a question today. What are you speaking over your own life? Because the truth is you can prophesy over your own life. See, prophecy is speaking God and the, God's word and the counsels of God over a person, over your own life. It's also when I begin to do this and I begin to speak God's word over my life, what I'm doing is I'm speaking into my future. You know, what are you saying over your own life? Oh, I can't do that. Oh, Pastor Phil, I'll never get that promotion. I hear people say some of the stupidest things. I heard somebody say the other day, well, with my luck, I'll probably get COVID. What are you saying? Obviously, you don't understand the power of your words. My church family, we need to start prophesying over our life. Listen, you need to start declaring with your words the direction you want your life to go. Can I hear a good amen? We need to start declaring with our words the direction we want our family to go. We need to declare where we want our spouse to be. And my wife is so good at this with me. Man, she is a prophetess. She will call me on the phone and she will say, Hey, how you doing stud muffin? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now I don't know. I know what a stud is, but a stud muffin, I guess it's a stud eating a muffin. So somebody grab me a muffin. Sometimes she'll just walk in and she'll go, Hey, you sexy beast. I'm like prophesy lady. Some of you go, Pastor Phil, you've been looking so good. That's right, because my wife has been prophesying over me. Come on, somebody, is this too real for you? But see, if you look at your spouse and you go, you don't do anything right. What's wrong with you? You are so lazy. Are you ready? Come on, look at me this morning. Listen, if you are watching, listen to what I'm about to say. Some people are living self-fulfilled prophecies that they have spoken over their own life. My marriage sucks. I wonder how many times you've said that to your spouse. Man, you just suck. You can't do anything right. You know, it's funny because when we talk about speaking faith, we're like, oh, I don't know about all that confession stuff. But you're doing it already. You're speaking it over your spouse. You know what? Some people treat their dogs nicer than they treat their spouse. I watch him. Hey. 
lazy thing. You can't do it. You can't even. <laughs> Come on, am I telling the truth? Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you used to look at you just sitting over there on the couch. Why are you sitting on the couch? Because you're petting the dog on the couch. Say prophesy. You start to declare the, dile- the direction you want your family to go, and you use your words to benefit your life. See, what many people don't realize is that their life is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Let me just say this. See, whatever you put after the words I am become your reality. You know, I hear, te- I, I, I hear teenagers say this. Well, I'm just a teenager. What does that even mean? I'm just a teenager. I talked to a, a young lady. She used to serve in our ministry, and she's like, I have to step down. And listen to these words. She goes, and she was powerful, anointed. Here's what she said. I'm just a single mother. I'm just going to go be a single mother. Can I just tell you this morning, there's nothing, there is, there is um, no such thing as a, just a single mother. A single mother, and if you're a single mother, you are powerful. Come on, somebody. You are incredible. You are hardworking. And I just want to encourage you today, you are not just a single mother. But listen, she's prophesying over her own life, I'm just a single mother. Come on, are you, are you learning something today? Well, Phil, you know, you just don't understand. I really don't see a future for me. You know what? Can I just tell you, faith believes before it sees. Watch this. Faith speaks before it sees. If I just touch the hem of his garment. One translation says she said that over and over. If I just touch the hem of his garment, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be. If I just touch the hem of his garment. And you know what? You will need to speak it before you see it. Because the reality of faith and the truth about faith is that faith creates. Faith creates. You know, this is how God works. God speaks those things as not as though they were. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 in the Amplified says, Who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they have already existed. Look at Joel 3.10. It says, Let the weak say, I am weak. No, it says, Let the weak, let the weak say what? I am strong. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23. A man hath joy by the answer of his own mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Isn't it amazing that we cannot be, at some times in our life, we're not experiencing joy because it's what we're saying over our own life. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen today? Now, I can't control what other people say over my life, but I can control what I say over my own life. And I can say what we sang today. I am who you say I am in the name of Jesus. Listen, your words matter more than theirs. And I just want to say this. I think sometimes in these moments we talked about the gift of prophecy, and I'm spending a little more time on this because I just believe it's so powerful. And we'll just go through these other three kind of quick. But hear me, I think sometimes in using the gifts, we think that we have to be really, really inspired. We have to have goose pimples before we say something. Can I just tell you, here's how I started. I just simply started praying for people and saying God's word over them. I just began saying, and then you know what would happen? As I said God's word over there, all of a sudden something else would come out. You know what? You can make it. And all of a sudden something else, you know what? God's going to heal you here. And then something would happen. But it just, and listen, I do it when I feel inspired and I do it when I don't. You say, well, Pastor Phil, if, if you feel inspired, that's probably the Holy Spirit stirring you. Listen, you don't have to feel inspired to speak the word of God. 
As a matter of fact, you need to speak it when you don't feel like it, because that's probably the best time you need to speak it. Can I hear a good amen today? Here's the next one. Discerning of spirits. It's a gift. Now, I want you to notice just about this one. It's not the gift of suspicion. It's not the gift of being judgmental, right? It's not mind reading, reading people's mind. No, this is what it means. Discerning, the discerning of spirits means this, to distinguish what is the Holy Spirit and what is not. And why do we need this, my church family? Because there are all kinds of people telling us that this is Jesus, this is what God is doing, right? And they're telling us, hey, this is God, and sometimes it's not, and you need this gift. I'm going to tell you why. There's a lot of people who are derailed in their faith today because they bought into something that they thought was God, and it wasn't. And the discerning of spirits is going to help you. You know, I remember when... uh, Jesus was asking the disciples, hey, who do you say I am, right? And they were all saying, that, and then Peter steps up. He goes, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, Peter, only my father in heaven. And then what's, what's funny is that Jesus starts to talk to them right, right after that, a couple of verses. He starts talking about how he's going to go to the cross and he's going to start suffering. And, and all of a sudden, Peter says, no, 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 Lord, listen, for heaven forbid that this happened to you. And then Jesus rebukes him. Look what he says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things from merely a human point of view, not from God's. Watch this. One minute, Peter is downloading from the heavenly website, and he's telling Jesus, you are the son of God. In just six verses later, he's telling Jesus, you're not going to the cross. You're, and then he uses these words, heaven forbid that you suffer. And Jesus stops and says, I rebuke you, Satan. What happened? Jesus discerned the spirit. And listen, listen, it sounds good. Jesus, I don't want you to go to the cross. I don't want you to suffer. And it's very, very subtle, right? It sounds good to Jesus's flesh, but that was the purpose that Jesus came for, to die for our sin. Can I hear a good amen today? But I just want you to know how comforting this sounds, but it's the goal of the enemy, my church family, to set you off course. That's why you need the discerning of spirits, right? Because somebody can be talking to you and it sounds good. And my concern in this was just how quick it switched. One minute, this website I'm downloading from, and the next minute I'm downloading from this. Boom, it just switched. You remember the disciples were walking with Jesus and someone had rejected Jesus. And then he's just like, hey, Jesus, let's call fire down from heaven. And Jesus said, hold on. You don't know what manner of spirit you're of. Jesus didn't come to kill everybody that disagreed with him. And this discerning of spirits you have the ability through the Holy Spirit to discern what is the Holy Spirit and what is not the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to tell you something. If the devil can't destroy you, he will distract you. Are you ready, my church family? And the Bible says the devil can disguise himself as an angel of light. But thank you, Jesus, we have discerning of spirits. Can I hear a good amen today? Can I hear a better amen today? 
All right, let's just look at these last two. Are you glad you came to church? Are you learning something today? These are all gifts for you to use. And let me say it again. It's not just for the church. It's not just to use inside these four walls. The hope that God would have for us is that these would be active in our family, in our work, when we're hanging out with our friends. Here's the last two, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I did a whole, a whole message on this. Number three is the diverse tongues or the gift of tongues. And this actually works with number four. And tongues is a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can go back and listen to the language of the Spirit message, we talked about this, defined it, what Paul said. When Paul said, I wish you all speak in tongues, Jesus said, (laughs) you're going to speak with new tongues. And my church family, uh, these these two gifts are probably the most rejected. And these two gifts have split denominations. I'm just amazed at how many people and good people and pastors do not believe in this. And I'm like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Jesus said it. Paul said it. I don't know what else to tell you. But I'm not going to believe you as a pastor, minister, bishop. I don't care who you are. I'm going to stay with Jesus and Paul. Can I hear a better amen today? And it's not weird, but here's the reality. What he's talking about here is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can have a prayer language where your spirit actually prays and that is directed to God. So let me just break this down a little bit more. It's more of a private type of prayer that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and oftentimes what'll happen is as we're praying, some of us on our team will start praying in the Holy Spirit and it's not really directed publicly. It's just to God. But here's what the interpretation of tongues. Well, let me just say this, 1 Corinthians 4. 14.4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So there is a part of this that is just for you speaking to God. Can I hear a good amen? Somebody asked me this question. They said, Pastor Phil, we were on a call and, and somebody was, was praying in tongues. Doesn't that need an interpretation? Not if it's directed to God. If it's directed to God, it's a private prayer uh, to God. Now, he, that does not need an interpretation. But here's number four, the interpretation of tongues. This is understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of the message in tongues. And what will happen is that this is more of a public. I've been in public uh, arenas where somebody will just start speaking in tongues and that has to be interpreted. But both are the gifts, the gift that God gives them through tongues and then somebody there understanding what God is saying. And so they can bring it in the language and English if that or Spanish or whatever you know you're listening from, and God can give you an interpretation. And I want to end with this, but God will use a person to interpret the holy language. But I want you to write this down when we talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues. Who you are directing it to delineates how and when and where you're supposed to do this. Let me say that again. Who you are directing it to delineates how and when you are supposed to do this. Now, my church family. These gifts have been given to you by the Holy Spirit. And we just need to receive them. Would you stand with me today as we pray? Just one more minute or two minutes. Gifts are to be received. And the Holy Spirit is here today. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. I believe that God is calling us to minister to a lost and dying world. And he's worked in you and he's not done, but you know what? He's worked in you enough that he wants to work through you. And he's filled our lives with the Holy Spirit. 
And you don't have to be driven by anything. You can actually be led by him today. And I want to say this closing prayer for just a moment. I want to pray what Paul talked about when he talked about stirring up the gifts. He told Timothy, fan the flame. I want to do that today because our church, our communities, our neighborhoods, our city, our state, and our world needs Holy Ghost-filled people, Holy Spirit-filled people walking in these gifts, walking into the office, prophesying with words of knowledge and wisdom and solutions. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen? With faith, believing, telling their friends it's going to be all right. God's going to come through. He came through for me. And I believe we can start a revival and a revolution. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. If I can, I'm so tired of hearing about COVID. I'm so tired about hearing about sickness. I want to hear about faith. I want to hear about healing. I want to hear about the miraculous power of God. Can I hear a good amen today? And I believe it starts in the house of God. But let me just say this. We've got to take it out of these four walls. And I hope that this series would empower you to see who God really made you to be a minister of the gospel. Paul talks about we are all called to be ministers of reconciliation. I want you just to close your eyes for just a moment. And as we sang today in our worship, if you can truly say, God, you can have it all. And from this day forward, God, I want to be available for you to use. As I'm talking to my neighbor, talking with my kids, talking with my ex-husband, talking whoever I'm talking with, I want to be available. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hands right in front of you like this and close your eyes. I want to pray over you. Right there online, if you're watching, right there, if you say, God, use me beyond what I could even imagine or think about, I want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see people's hearts today. I feel your Holy Spirit so powerful. And Lord, today I pray that the gifts would be stirred up in them. Father, the ceiling that has been over their lives is broken today. And there's divine breakthrough. Lord, I pray for a revelation today that they would see themselves as you see them, powerful ministers of the gospel, that their tongues would be the pen of a ready writer, Father God, that their past will no longer define them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.